Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. It's great to celebrate Father's Day today, and uh, great to have everyone here. So the dad's got some prawns this morning and a few different things. It's all good. I just want to uh, tonight not specifically talk about um, fathers as such or Father's Day, but talk about uh, something that, use a few examples with fathers, um, but also talk about something that relates to all of us. And I want to start off by showing a, uh, a video. It's a song that... Um, it's, not, it's a, not a Christian song, so to speak, the original song. Uh, it's called uh, Seven Years. And, um, and it's been rewritten by a, uh, a girl that I saw um, about a week and a half ago. I saw it on uh, Facebook and rewrote the song, and she's changed the words. Same tune, but changed the words to some really powerful words. And I just want to start off by showing you this uh, video, if we can play that, and then uh, and we'll have a talk about what, what it's about and what's happening. seven years old and my mama told me to be the kindest girl that I could be once I was seven years old this is a scary world I didn't let that face me we put our brave face on from the morning till the evening and by 11 I learned words that hurt more than bruises life is a restless Trying not to lose it Once I was 11 years old My daddy told me My heart had to be the prettiest thing about me Once I was 11 years old I always dreamt so big And I'ma keep on dreaming And in a hopeless world I've always kept believing I've always kept on breathing Always kept achieving Rise up to change the nations The pathway down foundations For the future celebration 
told me to be the kindest girl that I could be once I was seven years old. Yeah. Once I was seven years old. She can say, I was going to sing it, but I figured that I couldn't quite do it as good as that. A, some of you would have heard the original song of that, and I think those words are better. The other song's good as well. But um, I wanted to, I'll grab a couple of lines. Tonight I want to talk about words that shape people, because the words we speak shape our lives, and how we speak to people, what we say, can uh, build people up and can pull people down. And I want to talk about words tonight. And a couple of lines that she first sang were that once I was seven years old and my mama told me to be the kindest girl that I could be. And words like that, when you are young, shape your life. When they, they're things that when you, what your parents say to you will shape your life. So once when I was 11 years old, she's saying, my daddy told me that my heart was the prettiest thing about me. And so when you begin to speak into people's hearts and lives, especially from a young age, they shape who we are, they shape who we become. And... You know, it's like words are like clay. I don't know if you've ever tried to make something out of clay. I did when I remember in school we did a class in clay, I think. Or I don't know if you've ever tried to do it or seen someone do it. And uh, someone who's really good at it gets, a sha- gets the clay and shapes it on a turntable and can do it really well. Someone who's really bad at it turns out pretty bad. You try and make a cup and it's sort of lopsided like the Leaning Tower Pizza or something. And, and it doesn't come out too well. But it's like words, it's like when you're shaping clay, it's like you can do the whole job and then you can get some bit of a dirt or stick or something little grain of you know dirt gets stuck in the clay and then if it gets in there it actually leaves a bump on the clay and then try and get it out you'll dig dig the clay out and it wrecks it and and our lives are like clay the bible talks about that god shapes us like clay and sometimes when we get words spoken into our hearts or in our lives it could be from a young age or through while we're traveling through life there can be like a like bit of chunk of dirt that gets in that clay and it leaves a mark and it's like does some damage. You've got to go, oh, and it's like got to be repaired. It's got to be fixed. And, but words that are, are life and words that are good and words that are encouraging actually help the clay to be, make it something even better and something more beautiful and, and smooths it over and has an incredible finish. And words shape our lives just like someone can shape clay. In Proverbs 18.21, it says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences in other words those that love to talk and you can talk life and into people's lives and the consequences will be incredible encouragement to people incredible shaped lives but also you can speak words that cause pain and death and destruction and it will cause the destruction of people's lives and we and sitting here we most of us here would understand that or know that, understand the words I speak and words that I say have carry such weight and power. And even more so when, when, when young children are around or, or whatever things you say to them because they believe everything you say. You can, you can talk about something, make a joke about something, and they go, really? Is that true? And they'll believe anything you say because they're inquisitive and, they're, and they trust you, especially as a parent or someone they know really well, and they'll believe what you're saying. So we have to be so careful what we speak into people's hearts and lives. There'll be people sitting here. I want you to think for a moment. If you can think of some times in your life 
or one time in your life might be that where you had a family member, it could be a father or a mother, speak some words to you that were either positive that really built you up or that were negative that tore you down. I want you to think for a moment, is there a moment in your life that straight, as soon as I say that, you go straight to a moment where you remember. Some of you would think to a moment that you can remember that actually causes you pain. That you can remember maybe what your father or mother said over and over again and that really hurt you or pulled you down. Or maybe you can think, I can remember a time when my mum or dad used to say this to me all the time and it built me up and it made me who I am today. And when you're going through a tough time or something or you're trying to work things out, you go back to that moment and think, I remember they used to say that. I remember when my you know, brother used to say that to my sister. It doesn't have to be your mum or dad. It can, it can be anyone around you. It can be your friends. We can actually build each other up and we can actually tear each other down. And the closer someone is to you, and the someone who's the, you know, the closer they are the, or the better you know them, it's like when they say something, it carries a lot more weight. And so when someone really, who knows you really well uh, will say something encouraging, you're like, oh, no, that's, they, they mean it because they know me and they really mean that. But also when they say something that's not good, that tears you down, it's like it hits hard and hits right in your heart. And you sort of like bypasses your head and goes straight to your heart and you go, oh, they really mean that. And sometimes we speak words that, you know, sometimes we do need a bit of correction and sometimes we, we need people to love us enough to correct us to say a thing. But, but I'm talking about more than I'm talking about deliberate words that just tear strips off someone. Sometimes people do that because they're hurting themselves. And, and there's a saying that says, hurt people will hurt others, hurt other, you know, hurt other people. And, and so all those type of things can happen. And maybe we'd all be sitting here and we could, both, we could go to times in our lives where family members or a mum and dad have there's times when they've said something great and we can remember those times we can always remember a time that they've said something at a moment when it's when we've been really been hurt or we've been misunderstood or they said something maybe they didn't really mean to say it or come across that way but it's something that really affected you and for some of you when that's happened when you were young those negative things has shaped your life and your life went on a bit of a curveball and your life has went down some tracks that you thought you'd never go through some brokenness and some pain and, and some stuff and, and now you've found yourself back maybe in a relationship with God or maybe God has rescued you out of that. But there's, but there's some things that happened and were said to you that caused you to feel rejected or feel like you're worthless or hopeless or whatever it may be and, and you've gone down a track that it caused you a lot of pain. And there's others that were so encouraged that it caused you to, su- to succeed and to actually do things you thought you never would do, things that were good, achieve things, maybe education or, or uh, qualification or be someone or, that you never thought you'd actually be. But because your family was so encouraging and because you had people around you that cheered you on, you actually have exceeded more than you ever thought you would. And so words are so powerful. That's how powerful they are. They shape our hearts and lives. They shape who we are and they can affect us especially if you know this i know i've heard people talk about when their their dad or something like that had said to them over and over like you do they make a mistake or something and, and they use the word oh you're hopeless and they say it once and they probably get over it or whatever and thought i didn't really mean that but then a little time down the track then something oh you're hopeless you're ho-, and they see it enough times so they, so they start to believe i'm hopeless 
they start to believe it. They start to think. I, I went to school with some guys, and I know that were sort of they either didn't have dads in their life, or they had dads that were a bit abusive, or especially verbally, not so much physically. And and I remember they, you'd, if you said something, someone would say something to them. It's like a trigger point. It's like they're a loaded gun walking around, and you'd say something, and, and someone or a teacher even. It's, it'd say a word they shouldn't have said or a, or a friend at school or something and go, oh, you're hopeless or whatever. And they just erupt. Next minute there's fists flying and there's a chair flying across the room or something or other and someone's trying to get thrown through a window or there's a reaction. And, and it wasn't so much that person said a whole lot. They shouldn't have said what they said. But because of what's been sown into their hearts and lives, it straight away did it. It wasn't about that person. It was about what their dad had said. And it's about what that family member had said. It brought back all the things. You, that's what. That's what my. That's that's what my dad says. Oh, and the anger, which maybe they haven't. Maybe they had taken out on their family member, their dad, or their mum, or or maybe they had it all bottled up. They suddenly take out on this person to try and get rid of it. And so words are very powerful. Is everyone understanding what I'm saying tonight? And so they shape us. Um, and it's. You know, and this relates to every single person this way, from the youngest to the oldest. It says in Proverbs 10 to 11, the words of, a, of the godly are life, are a life-giving fountain. This morning you talked about being, our lives being a fountain. And this, I saw that come across the scripture today. The words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. The words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. A fountain talks about something that just never ends. It just keeps running over. It just keeps flowing. And words that you speak, words that are godly words in the people's lives are a life. It gives them that person life. It gives them actual life. It makes them feel like they can live. It, it gives them hope. It encourages them. Proverbs 16.24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Words are that are kind, sweet to the soul. Sweet to your soul is your mind, real and your emotions. Sweet to your soul and healthy for the body. So your words affect more than just like oh, your mind and think, oh, that's a nice thing to say. Your words will actually affect your emotions. The words that are spoken to you affect your emotions. They'll affect your heart. And it says here, they're healthy for the body. In other words, words... If someone has been spoken to and so much, I mean, put down so much that their mindset has changed to think, I'm hopeless, I, I'm, I'm useless, I'm an idiot or whatever it may be, that suddenly it can actually cause your body to be ill health. It can cause de- depression and has, has, that has physical, de- um, you know, physical things attached to it. And, and all kinds of you know, sickness can actually come out of words that can start from words that have been spoken into them. And the same way it says it's health to the body when words of encouragement are spoken. So our words that we carry are very powerful. And sometimes, and there's a scripture I'm going to read soon that talks about that words just shouldn't be thrown out there. We've got to think about what we say and, and what we do because they are so powerful and have an effect. That saying, sticks and stones uh, may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's, that's pretty much a lie. <laughs> I think I'd rather a few rocks and sticks thrown at me than, than words after all. I can do, I'm good at dodging things, so I could dodge them. And, uh, but words, it's hard to dodge a word. Your ears kind of are good at picking up things, and you can't dodge words with your ears. Um, I haven't 
I don't, I haven't, you know, I haven't been able to anyway. You can hear those things. And so words carry much weight. And the close you are to someone will affect you more, but what they say, good or bad. I've written down here, people actually become the words that are spoken to them. Like people can become the words that are so something is spoken into them enough. Like you, you're incredible, you're a hero, you're going to do great things. You know, I mean, I know that um, parents of some athletes that weren't the best athlete in the world that were at the Olympics now, and they weren't maybe the best, but because they had such people around them and family around them that encouraged them so much to go, you can do it, and, and caused them to train and motivate them, they actually went far and beyond and, and actually succeeded much more than some people that had great talent. There's people in our nation, I had young people I went to school with who are incredibly talented. A lot of Aboriginal um, guys I used to play footy with and all that kind of stuff, incredibly talented, but they came from, from very broken homes. And they would, on their talent, they were better than all of us. But they'd get to a certain point where they go and they go, and when things got tough because they had no one encourage them, they just go, no, it's getting a bit hard, I'm going to give up. But they, had, they could have been the best of the best, but they needed people around them to encourage them. So words are very powerful. <clears throat> it says this in Matthew 12, 33 to 37. Jesus having a conversation, and is, there's some Pharisees there who were against what he was saying, and they were saying all kinds of accusations, which are basically lie, and they were really showing their heart about what they were saying, some accusing Jesus of some stuff that wasn't true. And, and he says, "Is a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. And he says to these Pharisees, you brood of snakes, how could, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? Because they'd said some pretty harsh things. And he says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart and i tell you this you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you think about that one for a moment What comes out of your mouth is directly what's as a result of what's in your heart. And Jesus says, you must give an account on judgment day when you stand before God for every idle word you speak. Sometimes we just say things just to be funny or say things. We don't really mean it, but we just say things but out there. But sometimes we say things not realizing that it's really hurting the people around us. And that's an idle word. Say, well, writing something on Facebook is a bit of a joke, but actually it's really hurt someone and you don't even know you've done it, but it's an idle word. And Jesus says that we'll, we'll, be, we'll stand before God as, and give an account of, you know, every idle word we speak and leave it acquit you or condemn you. Now, we, obviously we know we come under the blood of Jesus and he forgives us and sets us free, but what he's saying is that our words we speak, there's consequences for what we say. Because the words you speak can affect someone's salvation. Can cause someone to actually turn away from God and turn away from coming to church or whatever because you've said something that maybe you didn't really mean it, but it's come across in a way that's actually hurt them. They're going, well, I don't want anything to do with this. And they actually walk away. And that's a consequence. And so Jesus, that's what he's saying. He's saying, like, be careful what you say. 
to the people around you. This is like serious. And, and he was serious about it. And it says that everything we say comes out of what's in our heart. So the question is, what is in your heart? Because everything you say, what you're feeding your heart, will determine what comes out. I heard someone say this once that, you know, garbage in, garbage out, which is very true. If you feed your life with junk, now we're talking about like not McDonald's or um, KFC or junk food, um, even though that could make you sick, but I'm talking about things that your eyes see and your ears hear and things you allow yourself to watch or see. If you, if you allow junk, if you, don't, if you see something and go, oh, no, I'm not going to listen to that, I don't want that, but you go, oh, no, I think I'll watch this, or you choose to watch something you know that is a bit dodgy, a bit out there, and I don't think I should be watching this, but um, I'll watch it anyway. It's like you're feeding yourself junk. And if you do that, like, and, you, and you could do that, and you know, that's an effect, but then you, so you see people, they just do it over and over again, or watch this movie, or watch that movie, or, or watch this thing, and they think it's not affecting them, but over a period of time, it actually, you, in your mind, you're going, oh, it doesn't, it's not affecting you, but it's like trickling down those thoughts, those images out of your mind, and trickling into your heart. And it's building up in your heart, and, and God, who had, should, should have first place in your heart, he's kind of getting squished out to the side a bit and and all those things that the word of god is placed in your heart is kind of getting squeezed out a bit and this this junk it's almost like a callus starts to build up on your heart and then suddenly you'll be doing something and you'll think something or and then you'll suddenly say something or you'll do something that you haven't done before and you go why did i do that why did i say that i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that and you suddenly and you and you'll say it without thinking why did i do that it's a build-up of the garbage in. The garbage needs to get out, and it will eventually. The good news is that the Word of God, when we read it, washes our heart, it washes our soul, it washes our mind, and, and the Word of God, and, and, and Jesus comes and he, and he cleanses us and set, the blood of Jesus sets us free, and, that, and that's a work of grace and, and mercy from God. But we have to ask and deliberately make a decision to say, God, I've, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been watching that. And we've got to stop what we're doing, and we've got to realize that this is the source of the junk. That's the source. That's affecting me. I need to get rid of that. I need to. I can't do that anymore. And so we need to put up safeguards. And some people say, well, you know, some some people have different thresholds of what they can see. Something. It doesn't mean it's like totally bad, but they can see some. You know, like you can, like for example, you can be watching a show on TV and it's like a medical procedure show. And so someone's doing an operation. And there's blood and that kind of stuff. That's not just. just you know, definitely bad to watch. But some people go, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to throw up if I watch that. I'm going to have nightmares. And some people like Emma will. And then, and then so, but I can watch it and go, oh, it's okay, you know, because I feel it fish. And, uh, and so it's all good. And so it can, it doesn't affect me, but I know it affects Emma. And so there's things like that, that you need to, the Bible talks about guarding our heart and you need to guard your heart. You also need to guard your eyes and guard your ears and guard what you watch because there's plenty of junk on TV. There's plenty of junk on Facebook. And I know this, this stuff comes up on Facebook and you're not friends with that person. They'll post something that's just a bad joke or something. And so, so just block it. Get rid of it. Stop it. Just don't, if, or whatever. You know, there's this thing you need to do what you need to do because otherwise if you don't and guard, put a guard up, that garbage will infiltrate your mind and infiltrate your heart and out of your heart, the mouth will speak. And you'll see your, your, what you say and what you do will change if you don't put a stop to that stuff coming in. 
got to guard your eyes, guard your ears, guard your mind, renew your mind, the Bible says. Have it renewed by God. We need to decide to speak words that will encourage people. You make the decision to go, oh, well, I want to try and be good and say the right thing. You need to make a decision that I'm going to be a person that is, that is going to speak words of encouragement, that's going to speak words of life, that are not going to just like say what I want to say or just act on how I feel. Just because you're feeling down doesn't give you an excuse to speak badly. Just because you're having a bad day does not excuse you swearing at someone. Just because you're feeling bad doesn't mean that, you know, if someone, you know, wants you to do something or whatever and you're not happy with it, then you get the chance to go, well, I'm having a bad day and that, that's not an excuse. An integrous person, a righteous person, no matter how they feel, will stop and will pull themselves together and say, no, I am righteous in the eyes of God. I might be having a bad day, but I'm saved. I know Jesus. He's part of my life and I'm not going to allow... This, this thing that's happened to me and how I'm feeling to take a foothold in my life and I'm not going to allow this thing to like cause me to pull someone else down to my level just because I feel like that and you're going to you still speak you know I've done that lots of times where I don't feel like it and people have said something but I don't go and go rouse on them and go no, 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 no. I just go no I'm not going to speak I still speak words of encouragement even though I don't feel like it and I still speak words because I know it's right because I know it's true because that's what the word of God says to do and I know that's true and right. Pulling someone down or speaking words that, that pull someone down is because you're feeling, you know, down or whatever, um, well, helps no one. doesn't help you, doesn't help the situation, doesn't help that person. And then you'll have two people that are feeling down instead of someone that you could speak into and bring life to. So our words are very powerful. We need to decide that I will be someone that will encourage, will help and speak life into someone. You know, Jesus even had encouragement and needed encouragement. And there's two examples here I want to read. That, and they came from his heavenly father publicly. And it says this, when he was baptized in Matthew 3, 13 to 17, it says, then Jesus went to Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, but John tried to talk him out of it. It's like, no. I don't, you, I, he's, he's like thinking, I, I'm not worthy to baptize you. He tries to talk Jesus out of being baptized. He says, but I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said it, it should be done. In other words, we, we're doing this to fulfill what the Word of God says because it's right. It has to be done as an example to others. And he says, it has to be done. For we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. His heavenly father says, this is my son. Telling everyone else there would have been a lot of people there, probably hundreds of people. This is my son, whom I love, and he brings me great joy. And that's like a dad saying to his son, I love you, you're my son, and you bring me great joy. And then down the track... In Matthew 17, probably a, probably a couple of years later, something like a year and a half, two years later, and it says um, six days later, Jesus, in Matthew 17, 1 to 8, six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone, and the, and the men watched. Jesus' appearance was transformed 
so that his face shone like the sun. This is called the transfiguration where um, Jesus was just started to sort of glow kind of thing and, and met with a couple of people and his, and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. He's like, you can imagine Peter's like, what do I do? This is like, um, what's going on here? I don't know what's going on here. And what do I do? And so like he said, if you want, I'll make three shelters and memorials. He says, I'll build just two, three little houses and you can kind of just sit up here on the mountain. I'm not sure how long he thought they were going to be there for. And, uh, but he wanted to buy three, you know, make three little shacks, I guess, and uh, as, like, as like little temple type of things and just for them to be in. And it says, he says, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed. So there's already a bright light. Then it says a bright cloud. So it's brighter again than all the bright. Okay, so it's bright, bright cloud. And uh, overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son, like what he said before, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. That's all he says. He's like, this is my son again, just reminding you, son who I love who brings me great joy. Listen to him. Listen to what he says. In other words, God was saying, enforcing his authority that Jesus had. This is my son. I've given him authority. Listen to what he says. His brother's he's saying, he's saying what I'm saying. The words he says are the words that I say. And the disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. So suddenly they want to build shelters and memorial. God speaks and I don't know how loud it was or what it sounded like, but obviously it was loud. And uh, the Bible says his voice is like thunder. And it's like, and it's like this voice speaks and like, ah! And they're just flat on their face, terrified, not wanting to move. Forget the shoulders. I'm just staying here. I'm not going to move. And uh, they're flat on their face when they hear the voice of God. And then it says, then Jesus came over and touched them, just walks over and says, get up. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. It's an incredible thing that, that happened. And suddenly they're like terrified, the voice of God. I'm, there's this, like, this is overwhelming, this power, this, this authority, this thing I'm hearing. And they heard, obviously hear the clear voice of what he said, saying that this is my son. God's saying, this is my son. It's like a father speaking to a son, because words are powerful. And God was enforcing who Jesus was. He was de- demonstrating and speaking again. This is who my son is. This is my son, Jesus. Listen to him. And then at the end of it, everything just disappeared. And Jesus, come on, get up. And all they saw was Jesus. And obviously they said, okay, let's go down the mountain. And off they, and off they went. That's two examples where Jesus, where his father spoke to him. And there's a third time where Jesus was on a cross and his father didn't speak to him at all. There was no bright light or anything like that. His father actually turned away, the Bible says, and turned his back on Jesus. And it says in Mark 15, 33 and 34, at noon darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Elo, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? The reason he abandoned him, not because he didn't love his son or Jesus had done the wrong thing, but the Bible says that he became sin for us. He took all my sin, 
and all your sin upon himself and died on a cross. Sin that we couldn't carry, sin that we, you know, we were sinners, but he had done no sin, but he willingly took it upon himself. And the sin was so great because God obviously hates sin, loves people, but hates sin. And so the sin was so great that God actually turned his face to look away from his son who had become sin, become our sin. And Jesus cries out, God, my God, my heavenly father, Dad, why have you abandoned me? And I know there's, there's people sitting here tonight that you feel like that your earthly dad, and maybe he did, or maybe it seemed like to you that he abandoned you. I want you to know tonight, Jesus understands how you feel. He understands because he understands that his heavenly father who clearly loved him, affirmed him. And there's times all through the word you can look up where Jesus went to a mountain by himself and just talked to his heavenly father. Many, many times. It wasn't just those times in publicly in the, you know, in the clouds and that when things happened. He talked all the time. But then there was a time when his heavenly father turned away for him from him and I want you to know God wants you to know that he understands how you feel and he understands the hurt and the pain that it brings when your father your earthly father maybe turned away from you and left you and for whatever reason and you feel like you didn't have a dad and and maybe for some of you that's been restored again maybe for some of you it hasn't but Jesus understands it says in Mark Sorry, in 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. This is Paul talking to Timothy. Now, Timothy was young. I don't know exactly how Doug might know, but he was probably in his 20s, early 30s. Young guy, pastoring a church. Paul's older. And Paul is encouraging him and speaking to his life. And he says, Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and purity. Now, you could preach on all those three, those five topics in one sermon if you wanted to, but it says, be an example in what you say. In other words, all of us, God is saying, be an example to everyone else around you, especially those that are new Christians, those that are, you know, don't know God. Be an example to those around you in what you say. Be an example in the way you live, in the way you conduct yourself. Be an example in the way you love people. And it's not just talking about love as a husband and wife or, or a you know, married couple or whatever. It's talking about loving people, loving, loving your brother, loving your sister, loving your friend, being, being a, a right kind of love, having a great standard of love for others. Be an example in your faith, how you have faith in God and how you live life and in your purity. In other words, living a pure life. And he says, be an example and all these things. And here's Paul, an older man, speaking to Timothy. What They weren't related, but he was speaking into his life words of encouragement. He did it all through Timothy. You can read it. And words of encouragement that built Timothy up, that made him a great leader, that made him a great pastor, because Paul continually encouraged him and spoke into his life and said, Timothy, you're great. Just because you're young, you know, because he probably had people going, looking at him thinking, oh, you're too young to pastor church. You won't be able to do it. And Paul's like, you can do it. 
You can do it, Timothy. I believe in you. God's put you here for a purpose. He's put you here for a reason. Don't worry about what they say. You live an example of the Word of God. You live it by what you say, by your faith, by your purity, by the way you live. You live it by the way you conduct yourself. And if you do that, they can't say anything about you because God will honor you, and God did. And so we can, older, older men in church and older people, you can, you can speak into young people's lives. Older ladies, you can speak into young women's lives. Teenagers and young adults, you can speak into children's lives in our church. You can speak, and younger can speak to older, and we can encourage one another by the words that we speak and build each other up. And that's what the church is all about. That's why the church is so great. That's why the church is so powerful. That's why God put the church together. Because when we come together in unity, there's great power. There's great presence. The kingdom of God is here. And when we encourage one another, we can, nothing is impossible because God is with us. And God is encouraging us to do. And so in my life, I've determined that I will speak words that will encourage people and, and bring life to people. And so... Um, some days of the week I get to drive um, my kids to school and um, on two or three days a week sometimes, depending on what it is. And, uh, and so I always sort of stop and I'll get to, you know, I'll make sure I, I'll say to them certain things to encourage them for that day. Hey, Riley, what are you doing right now? You want to come up here for two seconds? Come up here, Riley. Come up here. This is totally unrehearsed. How you going? So, you know, when we go to school... And so I go to school, and then we get to the classroom, in your classroom. What are, what are the things, when I get you and I look at you, what are some of the things I say to you? Um, I say, uh, Jesus can do all things through you. Yeah, he can do all things through Jesus. Yeah. you remember that? And so I stand here and look at Riley and say, Riley, you can do all things through Jesus who gives you strength. And, Jesus, and, and I'm proud of you and I love you. And you're going to have a great day and you're going to go up to your great man of God. And you can do all, and don't, you know, be kind to your friends, be good to your teacher. And I say all these things every day, hey, to you. And how does that make you feel? Good. You feel good? That's good, okay. <clears throat> And I say it to Olivia as well. What, what, what do I say to you, Olivia? I say, okay, good. I'm glad, I'm glad you're listening. That's good. And so, and so, and now I've, I've done that a few times, and I'm sort of, it's like, enroll as a new one or whatever, and so like you're sort of there, and there's parents coming in and out, and kids or whatever, I don't really care. And so they're all walking in and out. And then I see kids who have been already been dropped off a few times. And I'm standing there looking at Riley in the eye. They're going to look at me. And then I see kids walking past and they freeze and they stop. And they listen to what I'm saying. And they're looking at me. And it's like they're looking at me going, I wish that was me right now. And they're saying, oh, I wish that was, I wish you were talking to me. That doesn't mean that their parents don't encourage them and things like that. But in that moment, they were going, I wish that was me right now that someone was speaking to my life and so all of us can do that from younger to older to whatever to your kids to friends you can encourage each other in that way I want to I want to finish with a video in a second but I want to I, there's a movie and uh, called Blood Diamond I wouldn't recommend you uh, go and watch that um, but it is a good movie 
And by a few people laughing, you've seen it. So it's a it's a powerful movie actually, and it's the reason why I wouldn't recommend it is that it's got some violence in it, and because they base it on real life occurrences and things, and it's set in Africa, and um, about the diamond trade in Africa, where they would uh, a rebel army would uh, go into villages, and uh, they would go in the village, kill all the parents take the kids and make them into child soldiers and take the men that were strong and they get them working in mines and looking for these uh, red, they're called blood diamonds. They're a red diamond, very rare, very valuable. And they would make money out of this to buy weapons and all this kind of stuff. And it has been going on for uh, many years. And uh, there's been lots of, uh, you know, machine gun preachers who've had preaching here and stuff have been involved with that, those battles and things. And So this movie... It's a story about uh, a man called Solomon and his family. And one day, you know, you see him at the start of the movie. He's walking along with his son and uh, speaking into his life, kind of like I was speaking to Riley's life, and, and speaking into his life and, and walking along. And they get back to the village. Suddenly these guys on jeeps arrive with guns and, and uh, fly into their village and they start shooting people, just shooting his village. And uh, he runs, he gets in there, sees them come before they get to the village, runs to his hut where his family is there and they're crying, grabs them, the two kids, he's got a boy and a girl and his wife, and he says, run, run, run. And they escape and he gets captured. And they're bringing them up and they're, and they're killing, they're killing them one by one, these men in a line. They're just walking him up and killing them and doing all this stuff. And they get to him, they're about to kill him and or, or chop off his hand or do something to him and uh, were doing because they were, had all these reasons while doing crazy things and they and they stop and he goes no no keep this one he's because he was big and strong and send him to the mines and he goes to the mines and, and eventually and, and finding these diamonds and he there's a whole side story to the thing which I'm going to talk about he finds this very valuable diamond anyway he escapes this mine and he he meets up with uh, another guy Leo DiCaprio is the actor and uh, who's involved in all this stuff and eventually they, Leo finds out that he has got this diamond and he wants it because he thinks, oh, and he says, I'll help you find your family if you give me the diamond. And they go on this bit of a journey. He finds his wife and his daughter in a, um, in a camp and, uh, and they, he doesn't get to see them because they're fenced off. But, but then his wife says to him, he says, where's my son? Where's my son? And he, and he, and he says, um, they got him. They got him. And the rebels had taken his son, captured him, and, and to make him into a child soldier. And what you, through the movies, between, between all those scenes, you see them training him. And so this guy, this commander, um, is basically his, his getting him. And, and then he's, he gets his son and starts to say things like, now I'm your father. Now, I, now I'm your father. Now you listen to me. Now we're your family. And teaches him how to kill people. And he, so he makes him do terrible things and kill people and do all this stuff. Completely brainwashes him. And you see this happen throughout the movie. And it, gets, it goes all the way through the movie and, and all these things happen. And they finally get to this place where they, Leo says, we want to go find this because he buried the diamond, hidden the diamond that he found. And Leo wants it. And they, at this stage, they said, oh, your son's dead. We're never going to find him. And they get to this mine and he sees his son. And he, he goes in there and there's a whole thing that happens, a conversation, a battle and all that kind of stuff. And they ended up getting out of the mine and they gra- he grabs his son and they escape. And his son, remember, has been for, you know, it could be a year or two, a year or so, I think it was, um, with these soldiers, completely indoctrinated. He he's like struggling and didn't want to go with him. And, and he grabs him or whatever. And it's like his son is like blank. His son was so happy when he's younger. And, you know, and then suddenly his face is just like you're talking to someone who's blank, you know, because he's been brain, we've done some terrible things. And, 
and suddenly you get to this scene in the movie where they'd found where they're digging and they looking for this diamond and there's just been a battle and there's some soldiers around them that are being killed and uh and they're looking at the diamond they're trying to escape and we get to this scene in the movie and i want to show you this scene um of what happens keep digging huh they'll be here any second come on keep digging It had better be there, huh? Yes, yes. You got it. Have you got it, huh? Yes, got it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Solomon. Dear, what do you do? Dear. Young Bay, Young Bay, what are you doing? A large Avanti of the proud Mende tribe. You are a good boy who loves soccer and school. Your mother loves you so much. She waits by the fire making plantains and red palm oil stew with your sister yonder. And you do, baby? The cows wait for you. And Babu, the wild dog who wants no one but you. Hmm? So in that whole scene, he just was filled with hate and all the stuff he'd been taught and he was, thought they're the enemy. But his dad begins to speak the words that he spoke when he was younger. He says, I'm your father. Your mum waits for you. Your sister waits for you. The cows which you used to look after, they wait for you. That dog, your pet, is waiting for you begins to speak all and remind him of all the things that scene that clip is called um, a son's restoration that's also an incredible picture of what God calls out to all of us calls out to humanity God's not angry he's not upset 
and he, he says to his son, you know, you've done some bad things. They made you do some bad things, but you're a good boy. And God looks at us and says, I know you've had sin, but my son paid for all your sin. Now I see you as good. I see you as redeemed. No matter what they've said about you, what's been, what words have been spoken over your life, what people may have said about you, what your mom or dad has said, or whether you haven't had a dad or a mum in your life, God looks at all of us tonight and he walks towards you and he says, I'm your father. I'm your heavenly father. I love you. And he wants to restore us into a relationship we're always meant to have with him. God turned his back on his son Jesus when Jesus became our sin. He turned his back on Jesus so that he didn't have to turn his back on us. Because Jesus took all the punishment for our sin and God sees us as good. close your eyes for a moment just before we finish tonight and maybe there's been words spoken out of your, over your life maybe there's things that have been said over your life that has caused you to you maybe you've had a bad example of an earthly father and so when you when we talk about a heavenly father God loves us that you see God the same way or it's hard to understand what God thinks of you. But I want to tell you tonight, he looks at you and he says, I see you as good. He sees you as righteous because Jesus, he sees you through Jesus who has paid the price. And he says, you can come to me and I'll forgive you just like that father forgave his son for stuff he'd done and it's hailed him. He said, I'll forgive you you come to me and I'll restore you and those words that have been spoken over your life he said I'll bring, bring healing into your life and some of you have words spoken by people close to you that have hurt you and sometimes it, you struggle to get over that and you struggle to, to, um, to get past that and, and you get reminded sometimes and, you, and it causes you to fall back into stuff and old patterns and in life because because of words that were spoken. But tonight, God says, I want to come and restore you. And I want to heal that part. I want to heal, I want to remove those words. I want to renew your mind. I want to heal your heart. So if you're here in this place, firstly, and you would say, I, I just don't know Jesus. I've never given my life to him. I've never come to him and asked him to forgive me. Maybe you've done it a long time ago or a while ago and, and it's like, but you feel, you know you're away from God. It's, no, it's like when God tries to come close, you step back. But tonight you say, I want to come close to him. I want to know him. He'll forgive you tonight if you ask him and he'll restore you. And if that's you tonight, I just want you to put up your hand in this place. That's what I need to do. Thank you, thank you. Who else needs to do that tonight? Thank you.
put your hand put it back down. Anyone else want to join tonight? May have done it before, that's okay. May have never done it, that's okay. Does anyone else want to do that tonight? There's some other people here that, that it's you you know Jesus, you've given your life to him, but there's times when you struggle because of with words, there's things that have been said over your life, and, and sometimes it there's things that trigger and there's things that are said to you and it triggers you because you're still held, held on or you're still, there's some wounds from the past. And I just believe tonight that, that have been said, especially from your dad, because our dads give us our identity of who we are. Our mum gives us our nurturing and loving and things like that. And, and there's some men here that, that um, some, your dad has said some things or he's just, he just, or he just wasn't there and you feel like he's abandoned you and you're scared that if you fully commit to God, that one day God may abandon you. And that's a lie. He, he, said, he will never leave you, nor forsake you. He will never, never do it. He said he put his word and said, I'll never do that. And God tonight wants to heal some people with some wounds and words that are spoken. I believe tonight when you respond, that God's going to begin to heal those words and begin to restore your life step in a new place of freedom tonight. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand in this place that's connected with that. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.